How can I activate angels in my life? That's Rochelle, and I'm Carter. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, where we talk about such things. Things in our spiritual lives and what we've read in the Bible and and life and what God shows us. I think Jesus kind of gives us a recipe. Uh, you know, recipes are good. We'll try. I mean, if Jesus gives a recipe, that's the thing. We'll see if we can follow. We don't have the only ingredients to follow it all the time. So, <laughs> so I think he does. It's pretty simple, and I'm going to just point out a pattern in his life. So Jesus was born into a situation that was impossible. Right? His mom did not get together with Joseph. Mm-hmm. Mary and Joseph were not together, but she's pregnant. It's God the Father. The spirit comes over her. It's his kid. And so right from the get-go, it's like, this is impossible. Right. Literally, yeah. I want to, hopefully you can glean out of the first few chapters of Matthew um, something really special. But like, it it starts way back. Like, Jesus's genealogy, which is all right there for us in the first chapter of Matthew. That's the big list of names that I skip over. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, if you skip over them. But if you've read through the Old Testament, which I've had... I've done this year. You start picking out these names going, I read about this guy. Of course, I know Abraham. Yes, Isaac. There's Jacob, his son, Judah. Oh, he came out of Judah. You actually have a connection to to the, yeah. Let me just start with this. Judah, he is the great, 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 grandpa of Jesus. I mean, there's probably more greats in there. Sure. But it's not like the most kosher situation because his daughter-in-law is the one who literally ends up having the baby that Jesus will come from. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is a situation where she's pretending to be a prostitute and it's this whole trickery thing. Yeah. And you're like, how can that be redeemed? But it is. So we see Tamar's story, Judah and Tamar's story. We, Rahab's later in there. She's a same situation, a prostitute. Yeah. And it's from her and Salmon, I believe. is the, I, And that makes you hungry. I believe that's... I was going to say, what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she has a kiddo, uh, and then Obed is born from Ruth and Boaz, and it goes down to David, King David, and then you know, you know, one, two, skip a few, ninety nine, and then you got Jesus. That's not you got right. a bunch of broken people, isn't that amazing? I mean, but but who else would he have come from? I mean, we're all broken. Well, I think it just proves the point: redemption is possible through Jesus Christ. Mm. And so a bunch of broken people that includes you and me in this cast, clearly. And honestly, that's everybody in the human race. Some of us recognize it right away. Some of us are in denial about it. Some of us use it as some sort of a, a, a mega platform saying, this is my truth. Our, the truth is, is that we are broken and we can only be fixed by the one who, can, who has the super glue. Mm. And it's Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has this impossible situation that he's born into literally like almost right out the bat. Right out the door. Yeah. They have to leave Bethlehem, go to Egypt because King Herod is going to kill him. And Joseph has this angel come to him in a dream, says, you got to get up, take your kid. You know, you may know the story of the three wise men. Three wise men come, bring gold, frankincense, myrrh, and Herod has given them a direct order. You need to come back and tell me once you're in Bethlehem and you find this kid where exactly he is, right? And they're given a dream, don't go back to Herod because he's going to kill him. And Herod does end up killing every baby boy under the age of two because he, based on what the wise men have come with their evidence, oh, well, that's the timeline that Herod's working with. Yeah. And so it's just this horrible set of circumstances. When they get back, they 
moved to Galilee. They're a little nervous because Herod's son is still alive. Well, what if he doesn't like us? What if he's still worried about us? You know, what if, what if? And God has them move back to the Galilee area where they go to a little piddly place called Nazareth. What good thing can ever come out of Nazareth is perhaps a, a phrase you've heard. It's actually been really well used in the miniseries, The Chosen. You've heard Carter and I talk about that. Um, Jesus, one of the first things he does in ministry is to do what he knows God wants him to do. And he steps into the waters of the Jordan River to be baptized. Now, that river has got so much time in history for the yeah. Israelites. I mean, there's so much stuff that's happened in that river. A guy named Naaman dips down seven times in that dirty water and is healed of leprosy. Uh, this is the river that, you know, they cross in order to come into the promised land after Moses gets them out of Egypt and the Red Sea crossing, all that stuff. And Joshua's taken them across the Jordan River. There's a lot of history in the Jordan River. But the symbolism of the water is so important for the Jewish people. And John the Baptist is his cousin, and he is paving the way for Jesus to, to start his ministry. And John knows this is the Son of God. And when he sees Jesus come to him to be baptized, he's like, uh, what? Hmm. Tables have turned here because this is wrong. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus is very clear. Nope. This has to happen for God to be glorified. There is this immediate, everything about Jesus's life up to this point is humble. Born in Bethlehem, that's that little town nobody really cared about. Has to get out of Dodge because somebody's going to take his life. Nazareth grew up in a humble town. What could come out of Nazareth? Now he's humbling himself in dirty water. Well, why was that? Th- that part. Why did he why have did to be Jesus baptized? need to be baptized? To show, to show obedience. I think was one of the main reasons, because he knew his father had directed him to do so. I don't think there's a lot of clear evidence. I mean, when we get into heaven, we can have a sit down with Jesus, and he'll be like. It could be just as simple as because my father told me to. Mm-hmm. But his words to John were very clear. This is this is something that I've been directed to do, basically. is what, That's the vibe I get. This is walking out obedience. This brings glory to God. Mm-hmm. And we see him knowing that in the very first moments of ministry, he is humbling himself, himself and knowing in the next three years it is going to be that constant humility walk. And I think that that's, that's the cue I need to take from the Lord here in this moment. It's like, no matter what status, no matter whose you know you are, if God has called you to it, walk through it. Walk into that water, be humbled in the moment. And it's, it's not until he comes up from out of the dirty water that what happens. We hear a voice from heaven speak after the dove lands, as the, the Holy Spirit lands on him as a dove, as it's, it says in Scripture. It says, this is my son. So it's not until the moment, it's not until the action of obedience that we hear the, I'm blessing this moment. God the Father is blessing this moment. This is my son. Yeah. Be listening to him, you know. And then he steps into a desert for 40 days and doesn't eat anything. And it's not like temptation constantly through those 40 days. It's fasting and prayer, I'm, I'm assuming, through those 40 days. It's, it's after the 40 days is over when he's his most tired that the enemy comes into the desert and tempts his body, his, his soul, and his mind. And those are the parts of our, of our world that God has called us to love him with all of. 
our heart, soul, and mind. But it's his his body that's challenged with bread. Mm-hmm. All these stones make them bread. Oh, it's not bread. I'm not going to live by bread alone. It's by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is what Jesus replies. He's always replying with scripture to the enemy. And then it's his mind, I think, that's challenged um, uh, perhaps with the, uh, the throwing yourself down from the temple because then he he tests his knowledge of scripture because he's like, well, what does the psalm say? Mm-hmm. That you're not going to hurt your foot against a stone. If you throw yourself off this temple, the angels will catch you. And he says, well, you're not going to, don't tempt the Lord your God, you know? And then his soul, I think, is really what's maybe, maybe, maybe we could flip both of those around there. I don't know. It could either be his soul or his mind. I, I'm going to have to ask the Lord. But I feel like all of those things are tempted um, when he's tempted with all of the countries of the world, I'm going to give you all the nations of the world. If you just bow down to me, if you sell your soul to me in this moment, hmm. because I am willing to give this all to you right now, Jesus, if you just call it quits. No. It's very interesting because we've talked, I think we talked about that in the last couple of weeks about this is why it scripture is what's objective. Mm-hmm. Jesus you, confirms that by using scripture here yeah. instead of saying, well, I feel, well, it's right for me. Well, what we do nowadays as a culture. Uh, but it, very interesting that Satan used a verse. Yeah. And so can anybody out of context. Yes. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? Jesus gives us a little bit of a, a, a code to follow, though, later. And it's in the Sermon on the Mount when he talks about trees bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you can quack like a duck, but if you're not walking like a duck, probably not a duck. Mm. So you can be a fruit tree, but if you're not actually bearing fruit, then, you know, you're going to be able to tell a tree by what it's bearing. And so with the enemy, what is he really going after here? He's quoting scripture, Mm -hmm. but he's looking for Jesus, the son of God, to bow to his power. So immediately he's like, I'm not going to submit to your use of scripture. It's incorrect. I think it's really hard. I mean, just talking about, I want to get back to what we're talking about with Jesus here, but just current day, it's really hard to do when you see, you know, somebody on the internet talking about using scripture. Sure. But then you don't know the inner workings of how they are around their family, how they are around their friends, what the ministry is even actually all about and kind of be, uh, we very, we have very much have to tread cautiously. You absolutely do. And I think in that moment, when you start to question, um, there's wisdom and counsel. Mm-hmm. And if there's a trusted mm-hmm. person um, and you've seen them bear fruit, that's a trusted person in your life. You know that that is a person that I can count on. Can I, I throw something at you. What do you think of dot, 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 and have a conversation with that person. Yeah. And ultimately, obviously in your own prayer time, Lord, would you reveal to me your truth? Because truth seekers are going to run into Jesus every time because he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. I really do believe that Mm. you will eventually get there. My father had a friend and uh, it really kind of, it was a jarring thought, but he said it was a Buddhist situation that led me back to Jesus. And my dad was like, please explain that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But he had grown up in the church. This gentleman had grown up in the church and he was kind of, you know, just going through the motions. 
and started trying to seek things on his own. And at that particular decade, it was one where everybody was trying to get in touch with transcendental transcendental meditation. Easy for me to say. And so they're on this path and this journey and blah, blah, blah. And he literally kept truly seeking after truth with Zen and, and Buddhist philosophy and all this stuff. Literally brought him back to Jesus Christ because he realized the only satisfaction to what it is I'm seeking mm. is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah, wow. I think literally if you are on a path to truth, if that is your true des- desire, it will lead you back to Jesus. Mm. Anyway, um, the scripture that he throws at the enemy at the very end there, because he's asking him, you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the nations. And again, it's like, well, psh, of course that's not. A thing, because God, if God owns the universe, he doesn't need, you know, the enemy to give him the nations, even mm-hmm. though he might be the Lord of this planet, you know, put that in quotes. But again, you have to remember, Jesus is flesh and bone. Yeah. He is a tired, hungry man, 40 days, 40 nights. This is a very real temptation to him. Knowing what will be three years down the road after ministry, knowing what the three years of ministry are going to look like. Those are trying in and of themselves. Mm. Not going to be easy cakewalk. And yet he says, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And that is scripture. Once again, he's quoting the word of God. What do we do when we find ourselves at a loss? Just grab a scripture and just hang on tight. And what's really amazing is that as soon as he stepped into the water and came out from that baptism, He's, aff- he's affirmed by his heavenly father. As soon as he walks out this situation in the desert, he's not spared from temptation. He walks out this journey in the desert. Angels come and minister to him and bring him whatever he needs after he has met that last final temptation with the word of God. And I'm like, okay, so what have we learned here? We are not kind of going back to the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego podcast we did a few back. It just, he, they were not spared from the furnace. Yeah, true. They stepped into the furnace. In those moments, uh, God spared their lives in the flames. And, and we know from martyrs' stories that doesn't always happen around the world. We've seen people who have given their their utmost, their lives for the kingdom of God. Um but the humbling of oneself to walk out what God has placed before you, to recognize your flesh in the moment. That bread sounds good you're talking about there, but man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He continually goes back to what he knows. And so how do I activate angels in my own world? How do I, how do I stay true to what I know? I think Jesus has given us a template here to humble ourselves, to, to get to his word, um, to know that when I step out in faith and once I've done the thing that God has put before me to, to do, that ministry will be administered. That is uh, super good. Super good. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Again, we are Rochelle and Carter. A little bit shorter of an episode this week, but next week uh, I'm going to talk about how some of the most terrible events in human history, of course, what we're seeing right now, Afghanistan, Louisiana, how they actually prove the existence of God. Yeah, kind of an interesting take. We'll get to it next week with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. 